everybody. Uh, welcome to Kenter at Your Own Risk. My name is Kent. Uh, unfortunately, this podcast bears my namesake. I, I apologize. And uh, I am here with Chris. Uh, say hello to the wonderful people, Chris. Hello, wonderful people. And the rest of you. Yeah, I don't even know if I should have pluralized wonderful people, but, you know. Um, Unlike our normal podcast where we discuss movies and whatnot, uh, for the next six weeks, Chris and I will be discussing Game of Thrones as it wraps up, because we did this for season seven, and we didn't feel like making a whole new podcast for six episodes. That seemed a tad stupid. So... This is episode three. Today is April nineteenth, two thousand nineteen, and this was uh, the season eight premiere. Uh, I know we were all excited, Chris. Uh, at the end of the day, was this just a was this just a feel good episode? Do you think, by and large? No, I think it was necessary, especially coming after. After a 15-month hiatus. Yeah, if, if we'd only had like six months off, they could have come back right into the action. We could have skipped probably a lot of this and everybody would remember. But coming off over a year, uh, it was nice to have everybody reminded of, hey, this is where everybody's at. This is where we're, what we're doing. And I'm glad basically all the fucking setup for the rest of the season is done. We have everybody positioned where they're going to be, you know, Especially considering it, looking at the previews for episode two, you know it looks like the the horde from the north is going to be getting to Winterfell by the end of episode two, and episode three is going to completely be the battle fucking for uh, Winterfell. So I have not seen the preview yet, and as I just rewatched the episode uh, on HBO Go, they did not show the preview for this week's episode. So. I don't have a whole lot to go on, but I think either way, assumptions could have been made. Uh, you could have basically assumed what was going to happen prior to seeing that preview. Am I right? Uh, yeah. I mean, like, the pretty much the only shit that I really remember from seeing was uh, it looks like Jamie's going to be on trial by from Danny for, you know, killing her father. And uh, then they showed uh, Tormund and Beric Dondarrion getting down there and they're letting hey they're they're already south of the wall they're fucking right up behind us and uh then you actually see some of the the whites show up at winterfell and it, it looks like it's going to end with like the army stacking up to get ready to fight kind of shit gotcha all right so let's dive into the episode as i told chris right before we went on i took a lot of notes slash bullet points and I don't really have a game plan for this other than just kind of hit up each note and if it's something worth talking about, we'll talk about it. Otherwise, we'll just keep going, basically. So, uh, obviously, like, the first scene was a callback to season, the very first episode with, you know, royalty coming to visit Winterfell and a child trying to see, like, what's going on. You know, it was a callback to Arya, um, I don't know. It, it was it was cool to see. 
it, it was cool to see. I don't know. I, I liked watching it. It was a good opening scene, didn't you think? I think they did it. It, it felt like time had passed between the, um, the last season and this season. Yeah, you know I mean? how much time do you think has passed? It, it'd have to have been maybe like a couple of weeks. But, you know, it felt like like John and Danny were further along in their relationship like they would be if time had passed, rather than, you know, like, hey, we just fucked yesterday for the first time, and now everything's going to be kind of a little awkward as we're riding along and kind of stuff. You know, and um, obviously some time had to have passed because, you know, like... Sansa and Arya already knew what, you know, that he had bent the knee, you know, which was, uh, I don't remember if that was something we talked about in our last episode, you know, how they were going to react, but, you know, we kind of miss, like, how they reacted before he got there and just got how they reacted to him after he got there. Yeah, you would imagine that there was probably some outburst. Like, I would have loved a montage of just the outburst of of loyal North folks to the news of John bending the knee. I think that would have been great. Although, I mean, just to look to look at that, I'd like to reference, you know, something a little further on in the episode when we get to it. But I just wanted to be like, he, he had the fucking perfect answer. I mean, it's... when Once he said what he said, there should have been, like, no fucking arguments anywhere, ever again after that. I agree. Um... I, I I like the callbacks, and you know, for me, I've been uh, slowly but surely binge watching uh, Game of Thrones. I'm up to season three, I think about halfway. So I I have to say it's it's fascinating, and not many shows do it as well as this one does. And how all these little seeds and clues were planted, especially just in season one and two, that didn't come to fruition until, you know, season six, seven, or eight. It, I gotta say, like, even though they didn't have full source material to work with for what's happening right now, they did a hell of a job with it. I just want to commend it. I mean, you, you have a lot of people bitching because little shit has been changed over the course, which, you know, you change a little thing in... in the very first episode, by the time you get to episode 70, you know, it's it's like the butterfly effect, and it's mag- you know, no matter what it, the the actual change was, it's magnified because of just how much time has passed. But, I think they've done a relatively good job of sticking with most of the main characters, you know, and, yeah, guiding the ship after, you know, George R. R. Martin kind of started floundering. Yeah, there's always going to be the people that complain, Uh, especially the book people versus the visual fucking on-screen people. There's always just going to be that, but by and large, I I don't know. I don't have much complaints. Uh, I want to say how much I thoroughly enjoyed the Tyrion and Varys conversation about balls. That, uh, That was what I needed to start this show off. I don't know. It was funny to me. It was um, good to see Varys after he was he was relatively not in a lot of the last season, correct? Yeah, it, which is you know if you think about it, almost every season, especially like from season two or three onward, it almost feels like there was a major character missing throughout most of the season. It's kind of weird. Oh, I mean, yeah, I mean Ned. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, 
<laughs> yes, Ned. <laughs> Ned is a uh, and, and Lady, the the dire wolf, of oh. course. <laughs> Nymeria. Yeah, I mean, just just yeah. I yeah. gotcha. Um, so, uh, shortly after that, we got to see Sansa doing what Sansa appears to just be doing all fucking episode with, uh, I don't know, as the, as the new saying, the resting bitch face. Uh, uh, like, I, I, I thought about actually taking like a shot every time I saw it, uh, this episode when I rewatched it, but then I realized I didn't have anything that I wanted to take shots of. Uh, do you think her, I don't know, her grumpiness, do you think it, it's warranted at this point? Um, yes and no. I mean, like if you, if you read our blog, like I say, I think she's the only one who's really thinking about the future at this point. You know, like the, the actual logistics and, and the politics of what happens after the White Walkers are defeated. Yeah. Is there a point in thinking that far ahead? Do you think? Oh, I mean, look at look at what this whole series has been up to this point. You know, the politics have basically been, you know, what decides you know who lives and dies. So yeah, I mean, and and the other thing is that I think people forget because we're only just winter just arrived and we haven't really experienced it with them, but the seasons in in Westeros last for years and years and years you know it could potentially winter could last for two years winter could last for 80 years so when she's talking about the food and the fact that yeah we had enough to last the north through the winter but now you're bringing all these extra people and we're going to run out she's basically saying how many people are going to fucking die now because we're not going to be able to grow any more crops until you know a matter of years have passed yeah it's if if nothing else, I I thought this episode especially you could see Littlefinger's influence on her in a lot of ways. Like she learned a lot from him, despite what happened. Well, like if the the she's learned a lot, but the sad thing for her is look at who she's learned from. She's learned from Littlefinger. She's learned from Ramsay. She's learned from Cersei. She's learned from Joffrey. You just named four of my heroes. <laughs> so, I mean, she's even she's even learned from Tyrion, but um, you know, like she's she's the only one who's really being practical. But at the same time, I think like a lot of what you've said would have made more sense if she was like, "Hey, John, Arya, can we speak alone?" For a minute, you know, so I can get my frustrations out instead of fucking raising doubts in front of the whole fucking court between you guys and fucking uh, this visiting fucking Targaryen queen who's come in with her dragons. Isn't it funny, like, a show known specifically for two or three people to have very close face-to-face conversations, intimate conversations... <laughs> this is not one of those times that they had it. Like, that's kind of funny. Uh, and I think a lot of that came down to pacing. Sure. Because I remember, like, right after it came out, you were like, was this a good episode or was this just kind of a filler episode? I will put it on the good end. But at the same time, like you said, a lot of... It probably could have been a two-hour episode and just 
expanded on everything that happened without actually adding anything new, and it still would have been just as good, maybe even better. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, uh, the question... Uh, I don't necessarily ha- t- have a side, even. Like, I think it was both. I, I-, I truly think it was a-, a little bit of both, and yet, simultaneously, had they expanded an hour, would I have surely eaten it all up? Of course I would have. So, it-, it-, it was... I don't know. I really liked the episode. Uh, but moving on... Uh, when I can't remember who the hell it was talk, talking, but uh, Danny seemed like had a look on her face, like she was surprised that the Night King had her dragon. Did you did you notice that, like her reaction by any chance? Yeah. Well, none of them saw it. Okay, that was my next question. I couldn't remember if anybody had seen it. And I obviously I didn't catch up on my the the replay. penultimate episode, the one where he died. Yeah. He got he. He got stabbed with a giant ice spear, and he went through the ice. And then she took off with everybody else except for John. John jumped on the horse to get hit. John's uncle showed up and saved him and got him out of there. So, and then the, the episode ended with the, the Night King reviving the dragon after all the whites dragged the dude out with the chains from the bottom of the lake. Gotcha. Okay, and, that and then makes sense. the last episode was the one where he finally showed up and blew the shit out of the wall. So... You know, they finally found out because the wall went down and the people who were scouting, you know, came back and said, holy shit, the fucking dude has a dragon. And, you know, I think they fucking figured it out from there. But I don't know. Don't you think Danny should have just kind of assumed that this motherfucker was going to try that shit at the very least? Uh, I think probably. Yeah, no, probably not. I mean, she had had no experience with them prior to, to John, you know. And everything until she had actually seen them with her dragons was just hearsay still. I, I've often, even like now that I've gone back and rewatched a lot of stuff, it's it's interesting that Danny Danny comes off semi educated. Like she's really smart with certain things, then other things it wasn't she wasn't and I, I'm I know a lot of it has to do with the all the crazy shit that went down. But simultaneously it's it's almost like a convenient truth how, you know, she knows how to speak, uh, what was it, Valerian, but she doesn't, like, she knows some things and doesn't know, and it's always like a convenient plot thing. It's, it's script writing. I get it. Yeah. I mean, um, well, like, the, the Valerian is just because that was their actual, the language that their, their ancestors spoke when they came over and, you know, took over the, the Seven Kingdoms with their dragons. Not necessarily right. because, you know, Anybody else in the Seven Kingdoms still spoke it, but you know, just just like uh, I don't even have anybody like if the royal family in England were spoke anything other than English, you know. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. would be a, a treat. Yeah. Um. Anyway, we'll move on. Um. Even though we'll talk about Lord Umber later on, um, I just want to say I learned that his first name was Ned. I had to look that up online. So, I don't and know. Correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't he also the kid at the beginning who was um, running to see the procession? Shit, I don't know. I'm pretty sure he was. So they had him running to see the procession, and then Sansa called him out to go grab his peeps. 
and then you had the scene at the end. That that would make some sense, and it would make so much sense that I did not put that together. Uh, all right, one of the first good, uh, I don't know, I want to say powerful scenes, if you will, was Leanna Mormont giving John the business and him giving it right back to her. That was pretty solid, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, like, once he responded, I'm like, that should fucking shut any fucking opinions down going forward at all. I would think so. I mean, he, what he says is right uh, at that moment. Like, it's not an enviable position. That's the thing. Like, I understand that's not an enviable position for anybody at this point. I mean, it, it just isn't. She's basically like, hey, what the fuck, dude? We sent you to go fucking treat with her as a fucking king, and you come back, what are you? Are you even a fucking noble anymore? Or are you just a bitch? That's me Pretty much. That's me paraphrasing a little bit, people. And um, he's like, yo, I came back with two armies and some dragons. Give me some, some breaks. She's like, whatevs. And he's like, listen, I had a choice. I could either, A, do nothing and still be your king, or I could choose to save your fucking asses. He's like, I gave up being a king to fucking save all of you people. Because I love you. And at that point, at that point, like I think any kind of argument she has is fucking just evaporates, you know, flies away into the wind with the dragons. There's, there's no comeback to that. If if Leanna Mormont doesn't have a comeback, I don't think there's a comeback. The only person I think that could have had a comeback would have been somebody like Tyrion or Cersei, just because they somehow always had a comeback for everything. Oh, maybe Bronn. Ah, oh, Bronn. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. So, I'm going to just combine this and, and combine two scenes into this because Tyrion tries to save face for John, mentions the Lannister army, and then not too much further, like two scenes later, Sansa's kind of doing Sansa things and basically kind of calls Tyrion a fool. Uh, I don't know. Is Tyrion a fool? Where do you stand on this at the moment? All right. So there's a there's a whole bunch of shit to to get into with that. A, I like the fact that they go back, even though it really hasn't hit as much in the show as it did in the books, because you know they just had to shorten the stuff a little bit. I like the fact that Tyrion still, you know, considers John a friend enough to fucking come to his defense, and um. You know, in front of all the Northerners and the fucking queen that he's fucking serving. Um, the, you know, Sansa doesn't have some information and Tyrion doesn't have some information. But, like, Sansa doesn't know that Tyrion isn't basing his response on trusting Cersei. He's basing his response on trusting his brother, who said he would show up and, you know, he would come and he would bring the army with him. Yeah, it was just another scene yeah. of of giving Sansa like the opportunity to act super bitchy. I felt like, but it, it was it was good. And simultaneously, I just want to be like, it, it also irked me how mean she kind of was because Tyrion was very kind to her the whole time she was in King's Landing. 
Yeah, but I mean, I mean to go along with that too. I mean, she was forced into fucking marrying him, which was never annulled either. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, he never, he never even tried, you know, having sex with her. I, I mean, all things considered, marrying Tyrion Lannister at that very moment was probably most definitely like her best case scenario. Yeah, but I mean, think about it this way: like, if you had been forced to, like, say, marry Russ's mom, go on, and and even if you didn't, you know, consummate said marriage, would you still blame Russ partially, no matter how illogical it was, the fact that you were forced to marry his mom? I'd blame Russ and I'd blame Eric somehow. Yeah. So I mean. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, she could have been more more bitchy than him, especially after he was like, "Well, you know, it's good to see you. I haven't seen you since my nephew's wedding. When you know, you as my wife ran away and never came back, and I got blamed for fucking killing him." Yeah. Uh, just just want to pimp uh, dot com slash blogs. Um, we we did a Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, the MCU uh, ranking of movies, and <laughs> it's funny that. Uh, Sheila contributed to it and I'd already written stuff making fun of Eric so I don't know why but that just felt great to me in some <laughs> weird way <laughs> uh, it was a it was a treat but. you know I, I was really surprised in that Sheila participated and Eric didn't I, yeah Sheila shocked me that she participated I was like alright this is great <laughs> It still so feels so weird for me to say Sheila though instead of Mrs. Blowers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I spent how many freaking years of my life saying either Mrs. Blowers or Eric's mom. Like yeah. one of those two things. It's at this point for me. It's been thirty-three years, <laughs> so <laughs> a long time. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, moving back to the show. Um, let's see. We, uh, you already kind of brought up the whole sense of how we're supposed to feed everybody, including the dragons. Uh, like, is there, there really isn't much for the dragons to eat, is there? Yeah, whatever they want. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, which was the comeback to the bitchiness, which I, I did it, like, normally I'm not on Danny's side, but I really liked that particular line. Um... Oh, it was nice. Uh, let's see. Then we had uh, we had the John and Arya reunited by that tree, which I can't remember the name of it. The Weirwood. W. Yep. Weirwood. Yep. Gotcha. Um, and speaking of that, just to, to interject for a second. Go on. But um, you know, I, I've always thought it was it looks cool. You know the the white wood with the red leaves. But we've never really seen, you know, like a outside of the the intro to the show, you know, like an overhead view of it. But when they were doing the the approach to Winterfell this time, and you know they were going with the dragons, you know, instead of at the the ground level like you saw when Robert was uh, approaching at the beginning, you know, you got to see overhead, and that fucking wood looked fucking badass with the. Uh, the color scheme and having the one giant tree right in the fucking middle. Yeah. Real, really nice piece of cinematography or I guess whatever the hell you want to call that for TV rather than in a movie. Yeah. I, 
I think we just call it the same damn thing. I don't really see any reason not to, because this has better uh, production qualities than most movies that I've seen. So, yeah, the tree looked really, really solid. Uh, I agree with you on that. Uh, I, I think my favorite part about this was when John said that Sansa thinks that she's the smartest person, and Arya's like, yeah, she thinks that. It was pretty funny. I think what Arya actually said was, she is. Do you think do you think that Arya believes that? I do. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if I believe it, but the show's going out of its way to tell us that she is. The show has been going out of its way for a while to tell us that. I agree. Uh, all right, so Cersei, she seemed happy that the dead broke the wall down like Chris Jericho. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, should she really be all that happy about this? She's uh, fucking retarded. <laughs> no offense. Like, I get that she doesn't want to give up the throne. I get that she thinks she's entitled to whatever she wants. But if the Night King and the Army of the Dead kill all of her enemies, like, does she think her 20,000 dudes minus the elephants that she didn't get are going to be able to fucking roll over this fucking... You know, especially if it's true that they can reanimate, you know, everybody that they kill. Right. Uh, for as educated as she is, and how just this morning I watched a scene with Tywin and Cersei where he basically put her in her place, like she thought, like she was so freaking smart, and he's like, "You're, you're, you're not as smart as you think you are." Ty- Tywin was so far, like. He overmatched damn near everybody. I, I just gotta say that. He should have just been smarter to, uh, you know, not antagonize his youngest kid. Pretty much. Like, that was, like, <laughs> he, he, I don't know, Tywin was, is still one of my favorites. But, it, hell, I just go, rather than move back and forth here, we're just gonna stick with everything that's happening at King's Landing here because there was only a handful of scenes. Um,. We we had uh, you know Yara and and Euron they had their chat and Euron said he's gonna fuck the queen. Euron came talked to Cersei and I think the other guy's name was Harry that was there. Yeah. <laughs> and like Tyrion, Cersei, <laughs> and Harry. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> fantastic. Uh, Cersei was so disappointed about the elephants and I can't help but feel that's not a throwaway line because she brought up the elephants later on what is the significance of the elephants if there is significance they're the only ones who would have been able to fight the Dothraki oh okay because the the Dothraki are the best cavalry you know they're lighter you know so the knights can't compete because they're too slow the Dothraki just ride around them and shoot them full of arrows until they die. You know, um, but imagine you know something slightly smaller than the shit that you had in Lord of the Rings, but you know that same kind of scale. Like imagine what would have happened to the Rohan riders if uh, you know they didn't have like Legolas and uh, Eowyn. You know all the super dudes that they had. 
you know, and the people were just running through them, taking them out with the trunks and the, the barbed wire and that kind of shit. I'm sure your uh, analogy makes tons of sense, but I will admit I am not a Lord of the Rings fan, and I've only seen the movies once in my life. Okay. Well, I mean, imagine like a modern day analogy would be, uh, you know, people on horseback riding running into like a group of Humvees with, you know, right. automatic weapons on top of them. Makes sense. And I think I remember the elephants. Like, there was a Lord of the Rings game that was super fun. It was on, like, last-gen system. I can't oh, remember yeah. what the It was on, like, uh, Xbox and PS2. Yeah, super fun. I, I really uh, really enjoyed that game, actually. Um, I don't know. Anyway, um, I loved how as cocky as Euron is, he is terrified of the mountain. And then we saw later on Euron... Uh, fucked the queen as he wanted, and uh, she brought up the elephants again. And uh, the other thing fr- from that whole whole thing was, you know, Bron. How many times in this series has Bron either got really close to nailing a chick or nailing a chick and gets interrupted? I want to say it's like six, five or six times in this series. It's it's been a lot. Yeah, you know, like um. I will say that out of, like, the only thing that really surprised me out of this entire episode, like, surprise, surprise, was the shit with Bronn. Like, I did not see that coming. As far as uh, him being, like, hired to... Hired to kill Jamie and Tyrion. You know, like, what's he gonna do? Oddly enough, I was, like, I was still surprised that he was still in King's Landing. It, it made sense once I thought about it, but at, at first I was, like... I, w- I don't know. I was just a little surprised that he hadn't taken off, but it really doesn't make sense for him to have taken off. It, I don't know. Just how we know Bron, we just kind of come to expect he's hanging out with the quote-unquote good guys uh, at this point in the game. But, uh, yeah, he's a man for hire, and that fucking crossbow. That... I I don't know. That crossbow is awesome, and how many times has it really been used now? I mean, it was used to kill Tywin. It was used when Joffrey was trying to impress um, Marge. Has it been used other times? Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't think so. How how do you think that? I mean, is Bron really going to try to take out Jamie or Tyrion, or does he just have a cool crossbow now to keep? I see. That's 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 why I was saying a surprise. I honestly don't don't know where that storyline is going to end up. I I would like, feel that at this point, Bron has been. I mean, Bron never got. Well, did he did get the land, didn't he? He's at one point. He got the land. And then I, I don't remember if they took it away. I know they, they talked him out of... You know, he didn't get the all the shit that he was promised anytime. Um, yeah, he's he's been basically dicked over for all the help that he gave Jamie and Tyrion. But at the same time, I feel like they're the only two that like he might actually be semi-friendly with. Right. I mean, I guess it would... It would all boil down to like if he goes down to the dungeons and see that like the sand snake that he wanted to mac with is hanging out down there, and you know her corpse is there that Cersei's been fucking using to 
torture her mom with. I don't know, maybe that would cause him to go to the good side of good. But as it is, like I'm, like she actually gave him money, you know, delivered on a promise before they actually made him do something. So I, I don't know. I, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say Bron dies trying to kill Cersei with that crossbow. We'll see. I don't know. That that's my random guess because I don't know. I have faith in Bron and his singing abilities, and the fact that he constantly has prostitutes in a lot of his scenes. And uh, goddamn that fucking line with with Kyburn, <laughs> poor girl. The pox will take her within the year. And Bron's like, which girl? <laughs> like, such a good line. Ah <laughs> uh, shit. Do you think, uh, I mean, we're not going to have time to find out if Euron put a baby in Cersei's belly, do you think? No. A, because, you know, she's either already got one or she doesn't. She thinks she has one. Um, I mean, I'm I'm guaranteed that whether or not she actually does, she thinks she has one, especially with the way that she was reacting to him. Yeah, I I like that scene a lot, especially because, like, after last season, we were talking about just, like, how much shit you're on talks to just fucking everyone. You know, just he's an enjoyable character, but you know, I. So who was was I better? Was I better than? Yeah, you know, she's like, well, you know, you're not boring. <laughs> he, he's such a cocky prick, but he needs that affirmation about it as well. And I, I feel like everybody knows a dude like that, though, right? Like, oh yeah, oh yeah. We all know that dude. He's actually probably one of the single most relatable characters in the fact... I don't know many people like a Jon Snow, for instance. I, I know people like a Tyrion, for example, perhaps. But uh, Euron, he's definitely a caricature of people that you know still exist today, no doubt. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, we moved on. We had... Uh, Theon and some this posse rescue Yara. She headbutts him, then they embrace, and uh, you know Yara made the point that uh, at some point, you know, she's gonna go take the, back the Iron Isles, and then it makes a good fallback option, if you will, for the group. And Theon's gonna go north. So, based on that conversation, by the end of this season, by the end of this. They are going to fall back to the Iron Isles, then. Would you not agree? No, I don't think so. No? No. I think it's a way just to start trimming characters. So, probably the end of what we'll ever see from Yara, you think? Uh, Maybe. I mean, maybe not. But at the same time, if we're going to only have five episodes left, then we're going to be focusing basically on Winterfell and King's Landing, as basically shown by the, the new introduction to the show. Uh, I just, I don't think there's too many times for, you know, secondary uh, jaunts off into, um, you know, areas that we're we're not going to be, you know, the main story focus. I I think we'll see her in the finale, possibly attending some wedding between two characters that... You know, unite yeah. the kingdoms, blah 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 blah. Potentially, I mean, or I mean, I could, I could see you know, if they're alive or if she's alive, maybe Danny going back overseas, especially you know if like John dies, she still got 
has her gods. She still has her uh, boy toy, you know, boss of the uh, mercenary company back in the yeah. uh, Marine that she could go hook up with. That dude's awesome. Can't think of his name, but that dude's awesome. Dariona Harris. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, Alright, so... Probably one of my five favorite scenes was uh, this next scene. It had three great characters in Davos, Varys, and Tyrion talking about you know how Danny needs to earn the trust, and Varys strongly hints that nothing lasts. And I, I felt it was definitely a reference to John and Danny. Uh, does Varys know something more than he's leaning on? Do you think? I think he knows less than he probably does than he should know. It's like that wasn't any, confusing at all, Chris. Well, what I'm saying is like if anybody in the Seven Kingdoms, outside of Bran and Sam, should know that John is, you know, a Targaryen, it would be you know the one dude who's fucking been campaigning to bring the Targaryens back to the fucking uh, Seven Kingdoms to take over since they got deposed. Uh, especially considering that he's got spies fucking everywhere, so. Um, but no, I don't think he has any special insight. I think he's just being, you know, realistic in regards to relationships and, you know, they're in love with each other now, but like what Sansa was thinking about, what happens after the White Walkers have done, what happens after Cersei's done, and now you have, if they don't unify the North and her forces, you have two, the two basically sides left you know are they going to still be allied when you know all the people in the north are claiming clamoring to be their own kingdom and all of her people are you know clamoring for spoils of war and all that shit that the dothraki would normally be expecting yeah there's a lot of questions going on there because if a quote-unquote good guy wins the the throne by the end are they going to try to unite the kingdoms? Are they going to just try to let everybody kind of have equal say? It's, it's most likely they're just going to want to rule because I mean that's been the whole purpose of the fucking show. But yeah, well, I mean, if you think about like the Seven Kingdoms, though, you know they were, you know the the Riverlands don't have a ruler anymore because they're all fucking dead. Uh, the Stormlands don't have a ruler anymore because the the uh, Baratheons are all dead. The Tyrells are dead. The uh, the Dornish people, I forgot what their last name was, they're all dead. So, I mean, that leaves what? The Lannisters, the Starks, and... I don't even remember what the hell the, the last king... Oh, the Iron Islands. As the only three kingdoms that still have a, a, a ruler. You know, that isn't... So, I mean... Well, Gendry still exists, so I mean, he could rule for but, the Baratheons. But but nobody knows it. True. And he, even if if they did, it would just be like a civil war all over again because now you have a bastard, you know, who was never yeah. acknowledged, coming to claim it. You know, and unlike unlike John, Gendry hasn't gone out of his way to be a hero to like the entire North. Gendry just seems like a dude that just wants to do his job, go home, bang his wife, and eat dinner, and then rinse and repeat. Like I, I feel like that's all Gendry really wants out of life. Which is probably too what like 
the seven kingdoms needs you know somebody who actually would care about like the common people yeah i mean look at how the common people reacted to marge when her and joffrey were first you know oh yeah acquainting themselves i guess so yeah i don't know it's interesting uh Alright, let's move on to my least favorite fucking scene of the episode. Danny whining, I am the queen, and she can't respect me, blah, blah, blah. Then they get on a dragon, and I'm pretty sure I heard a whole new world while they were fucking flying. Uh, I, I'll, I'll just start off with a very basic question that I'm sure is very obvious, but... The dra- like the dragon wouldn't have let John ride it if he wasn't a Targaryen. Is that correct? No idea. <laughs> I mean, God that, damn it. Well, I, no. I mean, that's that's been speculation for fucking you know fifteen twenty years now. But you know, because we've never really been in a situation. You know, we're not at this point in the books yet, so we don't know. You know, we can't we can't look to something outside other than this one episode to say yes or no. In the past, I mean, because I'm sure in the books they, at least, you know, I know they acknowledge some of the past wars and stuff. From your recollection, does it sound like anybody that rode dragons were Targaryens? Yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah, everybody who rode dragons in the past were Targaryens. Okay, so, I mean, it, it would seem reasonable that... Well, I mean, at the same time, like, if you had three dragons and that was what was making sure that everybody in the kingdom obeyed you, would you be like, hey, Chris, buddy, Here's one of the three things that is making sure that nobody can fucking fight me. Nobody can has any kind of force that can claim. Why don't you go ride them around, you know, come back, bring them back Tuesday. You know, we'll be good. Or are you going to be like, oh, shit, if I give this guy, you know, one third of my entire power base, is he going to be the kind of person who's going to, you know, back me up? Or is he going to stab me in the back as soon as he gets... Yeah, you know, and looking at the way most of this world that we're talking about goes, I'm sure like anybody who got it would be like, "Oh, now I am the king," <laughs> kind of shit. So, I mean, that's pretty much. I mean, that sums up the past seven seasons right there. Any time opportunity has been presented, try to take over, live or die, and rinse repeat. Uh God damn it! What did? Did this scene do anything for you whatsoever? Uh, it, it really made me feel that... It, it gave me a couple things. A, you know, it's showing that Danny isn't stupid. You know, like how many people has Sansa given the bitch face to that just haven't even fucking realized what Sansa's been fucking doing with the bitch face? True. So, True. like, Danny's really the only one who's acknowledged that Hey, I understand what she's fucking thinking while she's fucking looking at me like that. So that puts her like ahead of Cersei, ahead of <laughs> ahead of a lot of people in the show. Um, it it kind of it showed that it wasn't like a one sided relationship that like she's as into John as John is into her. I would agree with that. It might have given us kind of a hint of what's going to be going on, at least in regards to when she was like, why don't we just stay here, you know, and spend a thousand years in the, uh, under the waterfall with just the two of us? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. There was a part of me that said that they're going to end up back there. Like, at some point, 
that's not the last time we're going to see that waterfall. Either, either that or it was just saying, you know, that there's a chance, maybe not a huge chance, but, you know, like maybe like a 1% chance that if the two of them live, maybe just being together would be enough and they wouldn't have to be king and queen. Yeah, or, I, I could see that. Makes sense. But at the same time, you know, there's a lot... It, it almost feels sometimes like episodes have different scenes written by different writers rather than, you know, like they credit it all being written to one person. I 100% agree with that. That, that, that definitely seemed like, uh, like they needed a, I don't know, a woman's touch, if you will. Uh, I mean, even if it wasn't a woman that wrote it, uh, it, it just, it kind of, it was very different compared to pretty much every scene in this episode in a lot of ways and and then just lastly dragons are badass you know and if they've got the budget to fuck around with dragons every single episode you know if they can't give us a a war at least they'll give us you know a scene which was pretty funny in the end when john's like you know after he gets down he's like well you've now ruined horses for the rest of my life for me so that was a really good line It, it was that was all right um Moving on, probably my favorite, uh, second favorite scene of the episode. We got my boy Gendry, we got Arya, we got the Hound. Um, Gendry made that awesome, I don't know if it's an axe, battle axe, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, I, I, I got the feeling that Hound was like proud of Arya for still being alive. I don't know, like that kind of acknowledgement uh, the, I don't know that's what the I got problem the problem with him is basically he's a fucking domestic violence victim and he's a domestic violence victim who grew into being a big hulking fucking I'm gonna fuck anybody who tries to ever hurt me again kind of shit yeah so I don't I don't doubt in my mind at 100% at all that there's that like he didn't care about Sansa and he didn't care about Arya, but he had no way to fucking show it. You know, he he was. So if if nothing else, I think that was supposed to be kind of what like that whole. I hung out with these dudes after they nursed me back to life, and you know, and then they were killed by a bunch of douchebags, which caused me to go all wood chopper on their ass. So yeah, I mean, it was it was pretty obvious that to me at least that he cared about Arya when they were traveling together, but at the same time, you know, he was trying to, you know, he was trying to, like, toughen you, toughen her up to the point that she couldn't be hurt, like he had been hurt by his brother, you know, all the time that his brother uh, beat the shit out of him, burned his face off, fucking humiliated him when he was growing up, kind of shit. So I think he was really happy to see that he's alive, but again, because of who he is, he doesn't know how to express that happiness without being grumpy. Yeah, I mean, I feel like most of the show he's had relatively good intentions most of the time. Like, you know, if somebody's going to step to him, he's going to fuck him up. It don't matter. But he's never, I don't know, he's a broken dude. So, like, he doesn't necessarily know the proper way at all times to do stuff. But Yeah, I mean, like, the, the whole reason Arya hated him at the beginning was because he was the one who... Um, killed Micah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, 
And he didn't do it because he's like, hey, I want to go out and kill your fucking friend. He did it because he was fucking ordered to by uh, Robert in order to make Joffrey happy. Right. Um, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. Hound has... Hound has long been one of one of my favorites, and he never stops being one of my favorites. I, I guess like everything he does, like I, I usually can fully get behind. Um, now, I've seen this twice now, and I'm still not sure what the fuck kind of weapon does Arya want Gendry to make for. What is that? I have no fucking clue. <laughs> I really don't. I don't know where that fucking picture came from. I don't know what she's asking him. I'm assuming Chris, I have questions. You're supposed to have answers. Come on. <laughs> I'm assuming that whatever it is 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 going to be Dragonglass, so she can kill White Walkers. Because it's not like they have a whole shit ton of Valyrian steel just fucking floating around or whatever. But uh, I didn't get a chance to rewatch the episode because I worked every day from before the episode was on until tonight. So uh, I only got a chance to watch it once. So I didn't see. It looked to me like some. It was maybe longish, kind of like a spear, maybe potentially. I don't know. Yeah, I was kind of curious. At first, I was wondering if she was going to have Gendry, like, apply uh, something to the tip of Needle. Like, that that's what made sense to me, but this seems like a whole other thing, and I'm i am super curious about what it is, what it'll be or whatever. Uh, and, yeah, that, I don't know. I, I love... I love all three of them. I will say this. I, I don't know if you've seen uh, Macy Williams' hair as of late, but the my pink. God, it looks that that looks silly. Like, it it's not the color; it's the style. <laughs> I love her fucking personality. She she seems super fun. Yeah. Somebody was one of the, some reporter was asking her, "Hey, hey, what's going on with uh fucking New Mutants?" She's like, "Fuck me if I know." <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. And uh, uh, I, I like the fact that this was like one of the first times we've seen Arya flirt with somebody. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there is... I mean, I was going to get to this at some point, but realistically, it, I am not one to sit there and go, God, I just hope these two people get into a relationship. But if Gendry and Arya hook up, I am so on board with that. Like... That would really be one of the few relationships I would be like, yeah, yeah, let's do this. Do you? Did you ever see Kick-Ass 2? I don't think so. I think I've only seen the first one. Okay, well, Hit-Girl is basically still training him to fight at the beginning of Kick-Ass 2. And because the um, the movie took longer, a little longer to make than the show did, you know, in the, in the comic book, you know, she was still a little girl. But in the show, she had started to grow up, so... Like, they had her be attracted to, to Dave. Well, and she doesn't even realize it at first, but, like, there's a scene where he's changing in front of her after he's been had the shit kicked out of him. And, like, she sees, like, the muscles on him, and all of a sudden she's, like, she starts getting, like, queasy in her stuff. I could see, like, a scene like that with Arya, like, where, like, she's not even realizing that she's attracted to Gendry, and then he takes his shirt off, you know, after working in the forge for a hard day, and he's, like, scrubbing down in the water barrel, and she's just, like... Ooh, what's this? <laughs> oh yeah, you know he's he's jacked. He's gonna be all sweaty. Oh yeah, that that that's a scene that that, that needs to happen. I'm I'm on board with it. Uh, moving on. Uh, 
I I liked you know they they had the whole thing with Lord Glover he won't come because of John bending the knee, and I love that John tells Sansa that titles don't matter if they can't win the battle. Uh, I don't know. I just I, I like that, and I like the response of "Did you bend the knee to save the North, or because you love her?" I liked everything about that scene. I thought I thought it was a really good scene. What was your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, they both have points. Like, uh, uh, a lot of the the forward thinking goes into here. Like, John is just he's literally thinking, you know. I'm the only one who's fucking basically worried about the fucking human race surviving. You know, nobody else is fucking focusing on this shit. So, you know, basically what what we have is fucking, this is New Year's Eve of Y2K, and if we don't fucking get our coding in gear, the world's fucking over as we know it. And Sansa's really one of the only ones who's thinking around, but yeah, if we win, what fucking happens... New Year's Day, you know, when all these businesses fucking open up again. So, uh, you know, it, and it's, you know, she's seen, you know, her dad, you know, get fucked over because he was in love with his mom and listened to fucking all the bad advice that Kate gave everybody. She saw what happened when John, you know, broke his promise, or not John, uh, Rob broke his promise to marry the, uh, the woman that he was supposed to to marry for love and you saw what happened there i mean one of the best episodes of tv uh so i mean and you know i i would say she probably also has a pretty negative connotation of love based upon you know all the people who she's been fucking married to i i gotta just say that i'm not quite at, at the red wedding yet but the red wedding was such a satisfying episode for for me, and I'm guessing for a lot of people, I, I don't know. For me, it was satisfying in the fact that for over a season, I'd been sitting there hating on Rob and Catelyn. And I could not have been happier when they got theirs. Uh, two of the most unlikable characters in the whole show got got. And, I, like... Right now, like I said, I'm at like episode five of season three, so it's only a few more episodes to go before I get to smile a little brighter. I, I'm super excited to rewatch it again. Yeah, I didn't dislike Rob. I think Rob, most of Rob's problems were he was too much like his dad. Uh, yeah, they they tried conveying that, but there was a lot of times Rob kept getting pulled in too many damn directions and. He uh, made bad decisions. Well, I mean, the other thing that they don't really reinforce because it would make parts of the show creepy were the fact that when the show started, Rob and John are only supposed to be 14. Oh. So, I mean, picture like a 14 or a 15-year-old sitting in that situation instead of a dude who looks like, a, like he's a fucking adult. That would be a game changer. Yeah, and then thinking with his dicks makes much more sense. Yeah. It does. It does. It, it it was... The story itself made sense, even though, like, you're sitting there going, well, you're gonna get fucked over for fucking over Frey, which... Uh, I liked Walder Frey. He was a creepy dude. Like, that. that's the horror movie fan in me saying that I like a character. 
Like, he wasn't a good guy by no means, but he was entertaining as hell to me. And you just knew, like, at some point, well, I mean, you knew because you read the books, but as a, like, a fan just watching the show, I was like, I can't wait till he gets gets to do something back. Uh, you know, in the books, he still hasn't got anything back. But um, oh. I remember when the, the Red Wedding episode came up, I was just sitting there staring at my wife instead of looking at the screen because I wanted to see what her reaction was going to be when it actually fucking happened. Makes sense. It was pretty fun. Yeah. Um, let's see. All right. I don't really have anything more to go on with the that particular scene. Well, I got a couple more scenes left. We got a uh, uh, pretty, I don't know, powerful scene. Uh, Danny and Jorah meet up with Sam, and Danny reveals that she executed his father and brother, and. Uh, Sam, like, I mean, I can't, I don't know the dude's name, but who, whoever plays Sam did a hell of a job in this, and... Is it, uh, is it John Bradley? Is that a... I, I think that's correct. Yeah. yeah, he did a really uh, good job with that. Because it's conflicting, he didn't, I mean, his father was always a dick to him. I don't, his brother wasn't a dick, though, was he? No, well, I mean, and that was, like, one of the, the super good thing, you know, the good job that he did, you know, he showed that he was still sad that his dad died, you know. But he's like, well, okay, at least I'll see. It. And then, you know, there was an actual diff- change within, you know, seconds to show a different reaction when he finds out that his brother's dead, so. Yeah, I don't know. He he did a really, really, really good job with that. And uh, Jorah also did a really good job. Like, I don't even know if he said more than ten words in that whole scene, but, like, it's, I it was like, a lot of attention it was to was the, the whole thing, like, hey, let me introduce you to my... Oh, fuck. Fuck me. Why am I... Can I, can I hack it out? Can I get, was, yeah, he... Like, he, you, go he over, you go over to somebody's house party and the fucking... The, the people get into a fight, you know, the family, and you're like, uh... Right, I'm just gonna pretend I didn't see any of this shit. <laughs> yeah. He He really... He he was excellent in that. I mean, Danny was fine too. But I mean, I thought Jorah and especially Sam just stole that scene big time. Um, after that, uh, Bran gives the order to Sam to reveal to John who he is, and this was the biggest scene of the episode uh, for a multitude of reasons because John's hit from many different emotional directions about you know what he knew about you know everything Ned had told him to finding out the truth to now know like where does his allegiances lie all that shit so give me what you got on on this whole fucking thing uh i don't know i think um like again it was another good job by sam cuz like here you know, he, you could see that, like, he's telling him not just to tell John, you know, who he is, but he's also like, fuck your fucking girlfriend. <laughs> you know I mean? And that, I'm pretty sure that came through. Um, and, like, a lot of people, like, I've read a lot of reactions and seen a lot of reactions online. You know, people are laughing because, you know, he's like, yo, dude, you've been fucking your aunt and... And instead of being like, oh shit, fucking incest, John's first thing is like, I don't want to be king. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Like, that was, it's fucking true. And it's hilarious. That, that was not the first concern. And that's how you know, you know, times were different back then. <laughs> uh, I don't want to be king. But I think Sam has basically 
the other best line of the episode um, after John's in the in the hall with uh, Leanna Morma, and he's like, "Dude, you, you know, again, this is me paraphrasing. You gave up your kingship to protect all of your people." He's like, "Would Danny give up her queenship to to do the same thing?" It, it was a great line, and it, I think that's the line that's going to get John thinking about. As if John didn't have enough shit to think about, now he's got this on his plate. And it's a good, it's a reasonable question. I I don't know. I don't know the answer. I guess, here's my question for you, Kent. Sure. Do you see any way that them telling John before the battle doesn't fuck things up? No. No, that's a total... because Because of who John is. You know, Mr... I always have to tell the truth, you know. When Cersei asks, "Am I gonna, am I gonna fucking lie?" Or am I like, "Nope, I bent the knee." No, John. John's gonna be sitting here with with that, and I mean, I, I'm really curious how long before he reveals it to anybody else. Like, is he gonna reveal it before this war really, really happens? Is he gonna flex his nuts at all? I'm I'm very curious, but yeah, it's going to fuck a lot of things up because there's going to be some distrust. And honestly, I, I all right. So I had five questions here at the end, and I may as well just get to one of them. Do you think that at any point, Danny will feel that Sam was getting vengeance on her by telling John who he was? Like, do you think that was well, that in Danny's mind? She'll think that. I mean, that would have to be with you know John going. Oh, hey, well. Yeah, you know, I found out that we can't fuck anymore because you're my aunt because uh, my buddy Sam uh, told me. You know, the one who just told him he executed his dad and his brother. I could see that scene playing out, though. No, I mean, I could too, but I don't I don't think it's going to... I don't think it'll come back to him. Especially because he can just be like, well, Bran was the one who told me. You know, Bran, the super magic man who fucking sits out in the same spot in the courtyard for like 14 hours at a time. He looks so damn comfortable, though. He, uh, he's got a lot of furs. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's probably really hard to wheel the wheelchair up and down, too, without Hodor. So, uh, If I'm not mistaken, he, he's supposedly not even Bran anymore. He's just a three-eyed raven. Am I right in saying that? Well, I mean, I would say I think he's still Bran. But, you know, he's Bran. Instead of being, like, thinking of himself as, like, Brandon Stark, he thinks of himself as Bran, Mr. Three-Eyed Raven. Makes sense. Um, Gosh. I I mean, there's a lot to... Basically, this scene... This scene was the the scene that gave us the most meat to work with moving forward. Like, most... The most to speculate upon I would say um, and obviously I'm not going to be so stupid as big whoa who do you think is going to fucking sound the Iron Throne if there is one at the end of it but uh, this I, definitely will cause I have a, some I have a new bet oh new bet okay the others are going to kill everybody and the Night King is going to be no I'm just kidding <laughs> the Night King's going to be sitting on the Iron Throne at the end of the show and he's going to be everybody's going to be zombies and then 2,000 years later, The Walking Dead happens. So, Damn. I'm just kidding. It's, it's not going to happen like that. At least, I don't, I don't think anybody would be happy if it ended that way. 
Fair enough. I don't know. That's, now you got me thinking a lot now. That's like the, <laughs> that's like the super bleak we killed fucking the entire world ending. True. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, we may, before we wrap this up, we may go back a little bit to that, but let's move forward. We only got two more scenes left. We got this scene with uh, Tormund. Uh, is his name Dondarian? Uh, Beric. Yeah, Dondarian's his last name. Okay, Beric Dondarian. Um, they're at Ice. They're at the Umber House or, or whatever, right? Yep. All right. And first of all, there's that funny scene where, you know, they hear stuff and then it ends up being Ed and his crew. And <laughs> like I, I did, I met, I completely laughed out loud when uh, there was the line about Tormund having uh, blue eyes. I thought that was really funny. And then we get the uh, Ned Umber on the wall with the spiral imaging of body parts and then there was the scream and all that stuff and I'm telling you right now I don't I will argue this that, that was that scene was such an homage to the thing oh I uh, said yes no I mean I don't ever like was there a particular scene in the thing you think of where like there were body parts stuck to the wall no it was all about the scream than the fire like the okay. scream w- was very very much like the thing at at least one or two points that it, it just to me that seemed like a, a quick homage to the thing like see to me it, it wraps around to the very beginning of the very first episode which is i think what sold a lot of people on this whole series you know the the very first time you see the others uh, you know when the Wildling family gets fucking uh, killed right at the beginning, and then it goes, what, 11 episodes before you see another fucking zombie? Yeah, it does go a long time. You're right. You know, and, uh, you know, so instead of starting there with the episode, you know, they started, you know, with the scene after with the Ned Umber running to, you know, mimic the, the Arya and Bran shit at the, the beginning of season one, but then they circled back to to hit the zombies up, you know, with this part. And it was fucking, it was, they did a good job making it fucking creepy. You know, I've heard a lot of people speculating, well, well obviously this means that uh, Night King has more of a plan than just kill everybody. Well, I mean, I don't think, like, why would he just want to kill everybody just to kill everybody? Obviously, he's had a plan all along for some kind of, you know, whether it's vengeance or, you know, whatever, what have you. Yeah, he's been waiting patiently, it seemed to me. Yep. Um, now, this is probably a dumb question, but I don't really remember the answer. What What are the symbols supposed to represent? Is, is something to do with the forest? The children of the forest or something? Or, like, I, have, I don't I, quite remember. Like, are you talking about with the, the body parts? Yeah. I have no fucking clue, dude. I, I, don't, I don't know if that was supposed to represent anything, or if it was just fucking creepy, or if they were like... Yeah, we're going to make them zombie Nazis, but not quite Nazis, because we're going to give them a couple extra arms to their swastika. That makes some sense. Fair enough. Uh, obviously, we know, well, you know from the preview, and now I do, that the, these guys managed to, or at least most of the, the, the big name guys 
make it back to Winterfell in time. So I guess that's uh, somewhat of a foregone conclusion. Uh, and then we'll wrap this up with... Uh, I thought it was like the perfect way to wrap up the episode. Jamie and Bran staring him down. That was pretty fucking solid. I would, you know, before we got to that point, I was like, oh, there's a couple spots in this episode that have been really, really good. You know, like I could call them like the highlight scene. And then we got to this fucking spot, especially because like you get the foreshadowing right before John goes to tell Sam or Sam goes to tell John. And then you kind of forget around, you know, Bran says he's waiting for a friend. And then Yeah, I completely yeah. had forgotten about that. And then Jamie shows up and you're like, holy shit, that's what he was fucking talking about. And you know what was funny is like right before that scene, I'm like, we saw the dude around. I'm like, that's got to be Jamie. I'm like, he's the only person who hasn't fucking shown up in this episode, which wasn't true. But I'll get to that when we go into the, the wrap up kind of shit. Yeah, I, I mean, he was the last big, big character that you anticipate seeing this episode, I would say. Like, he, he I felt that Jamie needed to be in this episode based on how they ended last season. So, I, I really liked it. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Jamie hasn't seen Bran since pushing him out the window. Is that nope, correct? that is exactly true. So, you you've. Like, basically, this was a great episode of bringing everything from the first season full circle to where everybody is now. It's funny, like, uh, I know this isn't the right show to compare it to, but I mean, a lot of shit uh, this season on Walking Dead was a callback to to stuff. And now, I mean, we've seen with this particular episode, this was such a callback to season one, especially the original first episode and I, I like it I, I like it it's kind of like this cool fan service but still moving the story forward I, I liked it in that regard yeah um, before I forget I do want to say the preview for that Chernobyl miniseries looks awesome and there's a building with the number 92 in the preview so it gets my full approval just throwing that out there gotcha i did not, uh, did not see that so i have no idea what you <laughs> um so we've wrapped up the episode uh i don't know if you have questions or whatever i i had i had a few stupid questions that are pretty much not going to get us anywhere but yeah that's why i got so you got anything oh um there's a couple of things to, to touch up on. Like, I, I like the fact that uh, a couple of things we skipped were like, we, we got some catch up time with John with, with his other siblings that he hadn't seen yet. You know, John and Bran, even though it's still relatively short and John and Arya, you know, especially cause uh, John and Arya were the, the two closest to each other, you know, for being the outsiders um, growing up, you know, and like, I like the scene where, you know, he's like, you still have got it. And he's like, you kill anybody? And she's like, yeah. And then he's like, okay, here, I'll show you mine. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think he's too heavy, but. Yeah, she's like, ah. Like, she she basically was like, you know, I could kill people with that, but eh, no, this is so much more effective for me. Yeah. In theory, John could, I mean, this is all in theory. John could now marry Arya and rule. 
Because they're not brother and sister. All right, yeah, you just took it to, like, a creepy place. Yeah, I took it to a creepy place, but how many people would be upset by that? Uh, maybe Sansa. That's okay. Because <laughs> he could technically marry her. Maybe, maybe Danny. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know, let's... I, I don't see that happening because I see them keeping the incest to the Targaryens. Because even, even if he isn't their brother, he's still a Stark as well. So, I know. Uh, uh, I mean, great. No, don't get me wrong. I, I want Gendry and, and Arya. I was just saying, in theory, that could happen. I, I liked too when when Sam was talking to John towards the end, and he was, and like John was like, "What do you mean, Ned Stark?" And Sam was like, "Listen, he wasn't being dishonorable. He fucking, you know, loved you enough to make, you know, shame himself and keep you alive." So. Robert would never fucking come and kill you like he would have if he'd known whose child you actually were. Yeah, it, and it go, you know, that reminded me of a scene I'd just seen this morning where Catelyn was talking to Rob's woman and she said that John had come down with pox or whatever and she prayed to the seven gods that she would take care of this kid and. Then she kind of lied about it, and she felt responsible for everything that's gone on. And when, you know, it, I don't know, that kind of reminded me a little bit of the conversation that those two had. Because Ned did do everything he could. Or, I mean, within reason at the very fucking least. And Catelyn was, I don't know, polar opposite in that regard. Well, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think it should have been too much of a stress for, for Ned to be like, yo, honey. You know, pretend you hate me in public still, but you know, I didn't fuck around on you. This is my sister's kid. Yeah, I mean, that was something I, I had long wondered is... I mean, ima- did, imagine being so paranoid about something that, like, you don't share it with your wife. Or, you know, you're... I can understand being like, okay, we can't, you know... Not telling the kid when he's a kid, because, you know, if he gets fucking angry, you know, or gets his ass kicked for being an outsider you know oh i'm gonna go you know i'm the rightful excuse me rightful king kind of shit but um you know your wife especially when your marriage is going to be fucking miserable for the rest of your life after that shit well uh you, you look at it this way i mean you know uh under normal circumstances you would most likely tell your spouse but this was a time of arranged marriages and if you didn't tell your spouse you'd probably tell your best friend except you can't quite tell your best friend because fucking Robert Baratheon who you couldn't have that reasonable conversation with so Ned was really like pigeonholed with that secret I don't I don't really know if there was anybody he could have told really yeah that was a tough one so uh Anything else? Uh, I'm trying to think of what else. Uh, oh, I just real when I got to the end and I was thinking about it, I was like, oh, you know what? The only really major character that we haven't seen is Brienne. Yeah, I, I was looking for her in that opening scene. Where where did we last see her? Do you remember? Uh, when she and Arya got into the fight in the courtyard and like. Arya, you know, like, tapped her a couple times with needle, and then she kicked Arya in the chest and, you know, knocked her across the courtyard. 
Yeah, okay, I remember that now. Huh, so yeah, she wasn't on screen at the very least. Interesting. Um, but, uh, all right. I don't, I don't remember everywhere we left off. I know there were, like, questions and shit that we had for what the season was going to do, but I, I know at least two of them got answered right away in that we... First episode, John found out that he, you know, technically should be the king. And Tormund and Merrick didn't die, even though they were on the wall when it got blown up by the dragon and the Night King. So, you know, those are the two questions from... You know, just the first episode that got answered right away. So I was glad we got at least closure on those two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I really meant to revisit... I was actually going to listen to the last podcast we did about this, and then, uh, you know, I have excuses. They're all lazy, though. So uh, maybe at some point this week, at the very least, I'll check out the blog again, just because I'm curious what else we had in mind and see if there's any points that or any questions that still need to be asked that, you know, I mean, there are questions. I know there are. Um, yeah. I just couldn't, I, couldn't remember them. I, yeah. Yeah. I can't remember what the fuck I did yesterday. So, I mean, <laughs> a year, well, not necessarily, well, about a year and a half ago, would you say? Yeah. Just Was, about. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I do have a couple of questions for you that are most likely irrelevant, but I like asking them anyway. So, I have three characters that I am curious where you think they are and if you think we will see them again. Shoot. Okay. The first one is the one I would guess we won't see again, but Quaith. Wait, who is that? She is the girl, the lady that was in Karth. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah, okay. She's the one who gave her the, the whole... Uh, yeah. No, we won't see her again. Okay. What about... Uh, Shaken... Uh, was it Har- Hargan? I, I don't know uh, his last name. Jaken Hikar or whatever it was. The yeah. faceless dude. Yep. Um, I don't think we see him again. There's a chance. But I... A small chance, but I just don't think. Like he's he's my Gendry pick for this season. I'm picking him to make a comeback. It'd be it'd be fun at the very least, but I could. I mean, if he never comes back, there's really no okay, okay to need for to it. go into that. I would say, in all likelihood, we would um, more likely get uh, Arya wearing his face than we would get him as an actual person. Ooh, I like that. That's an that's a good, good theory. I like that. I can get behind that. Um, my third person, and the person that has me, I I, I still say this is who I want Jon Snow to end up with, Mira Reed. Yeah, I don't see her coming back. I I felt like they really didn't. They did her kind of shitty, like how they had her exit. I, I didn't like her exit at all from from at least from the last time we saw her. It, it I don't even remember shitty. where the hell she went, but she just went back to take care of business and like I can't remember who she was talking to, but they just I think it was Bran. She's like, Yo, my fucking brother died to save your ass and now you're just so far up your own ass and you don't care. 
And Bran's just like, well, I got shit to do. And she just left in a huff, basically. And it felt shitty because they were on, you know, this really long adventure of sorts together. Lots of sacrifices were made, and Bran did not seem very grateful to her. It was weird. Well, Bran doesn't show fucking emotions anymore because he probably really doesn't have them. So, like, her not understanding that as it happened was kind of... But, um, I think... In the, okay, there's... One of the beliefs was that Leanna had twins. Right. And Mira had the fucking hair like Jon Snow. Exactly. So, yeah. so if they run with that, we'll see her again. But if they, again, with like only that. five episodes, I mean, how much more fucking drama can they throw in to fucking... Well, uh, alright. So, here, here's a question for you. And, and this isn't about what they'll do. It's about what you would prefer. Would you prefer the battle to be over at the penultimate episode and then the final episode be about what's happened since then to... You know, like, they've moved ahead of time, and you see where everybody's at type thing. Or do you want the final episode to really be, like, the final battle without really giving us too much of a look in what happens later? Well, I mean, think about it like this, right? If we, we've got episode one out of the way, we know episode two basically is going to take us to the battle for Winterfell. And uh, I know when um, What's His Nuts was doing... Uh, Kit Harrington was doing um, uh, press for the the week that he was on um, Saturday Night Live recently. He said the the Battle of Winterfell was going to be the weekend of the twenty sixth, which would put that at episode three. Okay. So that means, you know, barring a whole bunch of changes going on between episode three and episode six, you have to, all the shit left between the people in the north and what's going to go on with Cersei which is pro- probably also going to be another battle in, say, like, episode 5. Clegane Bowl! Yeah, that kind of shit. So between episode 4 and episode 5, you have to take care of that shit, which hopefully leaves us with episode 6 to wrap up all the fucking plot threads to kind of make everybody as happy as they can be from whatever decisions are made um, in regards to all of the characters. That timeline makes a lot of sense, and honestly, that considering that we're only getting six episodes, I would be complete. I'd be satisfied as I can be, given that I don't have a choice in the number of episodes left. So, given the number of episodes, that makes the most sense for a timeline. I mean, and I know, like they said, that the the whole reason that all the rest of them are going to be different lengths was because they they didn't want to just you know break something up at like an hour or break something up at two hours. So each one is. I think there's a couple that are like an hour and a half. There's a couple that are two hours, and there's like maybe another one that's like an hour. So I mean, I, I would assume that that would make sense relatively from what we shall still have coming. But who the fuck knows? Like I would have, I would have expected somebody to die this episode, considering you know how many characters we have. And Ned died, man. Well, yeah, we didn't see him before this episode, really. Um, I'm still like. I'm happy that they're not cutting these episodes up, but let's be real here for a moment. I I can't be the only person shocked that HBO wasn't like, nope, 
cut those episodes so we can get as many episodes as possible to get people on the hook for at least one more month of subscription with us. I'm a little surprised in today's age. Well, I think part of it, what it boils down to, is what do they have to replace it with? Chernobyl. But what I'm saying is, like, Chernobyl got made while Game of Thrones' budget was going. Until Game of Thrones wraps up, they don't have all that money to release to potentially buy. I mean, they could go big again, but they could potentially make two to three series, you know, with the same amount of that they were spending per episode for, for this series. Yeah, and I really hope they eventually do The Stand. That's all I want from you, HBO. Like, this is what I want moving forward. Just give me a 10-episode miniseries of The Stand, please. That, that, that's I've been asking for that for like 20-some years now, and I'm still going to keep asking for it until it happens or I die. So I'll probably die beforehand. So when I die, Chris, please carry on the tradition of of this for me. Okay, I will do my best. <laughs> uh, let's see, I'm looking... Uh, Alright. Since I'm going to probably ask this every week until we potentially get an answer. Also, we did not see Melisandre. Yeah, yeah I mean, so, episode. like, when we when you threw that in the blog, you know, like, uh, what question do you want answered? I mean, we've had a lot of shit throughout the, the series answered, but I I don't think we've really had any kind of resolution on the whole Lord of Light thing. You know, and, Which, and the, the Prince who was promised, because, you know, there's so many people that it, it could be potentially, you know, which is what has been a lot of the speculation over the years. But, I mean, the whole reason that she brought John back was because she thought he was this dude. And then we find out afterwards that she's completely fallible and she's been wrong before. So, um, but, uh, you know, I would, I would expect that, like, if they're going to wrap it up, they're going to bring her back as a character to at least explain how they wrap it up. Or they could just fucking ignore that whole plot line from this point on and we never get anything else with it. I I would bet that we're going to see her again and we're going to get an explanation and we're going to get an Azora high. And so my question, and it'll be the same question I ask you every week until we get an answer. Right now, if you had to bet $100, who would you put the $100 on to be Azora high? Uh, I'll go with the safe pick. I'm just going to pick John. Fair enough. He sees really is the only one who's focusing on, you know, humanity as a whole, rather than just me being in charge of everybody else. I'm going to go with the last thing that I read that I found remotely compelling, and that was the Hound. Oh, you know what? Okay. Yeah, I can see that too, because didn't Thoros give him the fucking flaming sword? Yes. But then... Then, like, is there more than one? Because now Beric has it again, right? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I'm pretty sure all those fuckers, but... Either way, I think... I don't know. The Hound makes so much sense, plus the fact that he was burned, kind of... I don't know. There there was... There's so many fucking theories, as you know. Uh, But, I don't know. I... I, the, I well, want the, only the question, Hound to mean The only more. question becomes, like, where does the whole Prince thing come into it, then? I don't know, because, you know, once again, now that I'm paying attention to the earlier episodes, like, it sounds like House Clegane was just dicks for a long time. Yeah. Uh, but simultaneously, like, with the Hound, 
the Hound has consistently been in, in my top favorite characters like since the beginning. For me, there's there's this hope that there's something more formed down the road other than Clegane Bowl. Like, if I had the option between Clegane Bowl and Hound being Azora High, that's a really tough one for me to say which uh, one I'd prefer. Clegane Bowl. Clegane Bowl, definitely. Because not only is Clegane Bowl going to be probably the most awesome single one-on-one combat we get in the series, hopefully. But, um... It's also like the thing that would just make him the happiest. Yeah, I, I can see that, and I mean, fuck, man, I, I, I love the mountain. I, hell, I, I don't know if you saw, but he just recently came out and admitted he used PEDs while weightlifting. Big surprise. I'm not shaming him. I would do the same thing if I was doing weightlifting, but I don't know why this is still news today. What yeah. was news? Uh. All right, I didn't read anybody's responses on the blog yet because I like coming in with a fresh mind when I read it and comment on it. But uh, you alluded to it. Is Melisandre like the thing that you're like the question you're looking for the most, or what? What is it that you're hoping to get answered next episode? Well, um, like again, I uh, like. I think the biggest one that I had coming from this episode was was now like what's going to be going on with Bronn. You know, is he going to actually kill or try to kill one of the brothers or is he not, you know. Is what's going to mean more to him, friendship or money? And the next one would have been Clegainbol, but since people asked about both of those things, I went with Melisandre and Azor's eye. All right, so you, what you're telling me is that people basically taking every kind of response that I have, so I'm gonna have to make some shit up. Yeah, that'll be fun. At least, at least, and I appreciate the fact that you took the time to write something different because I get sick of responses when everybody just says the same fucking thing. I'm like, fuck, man, just make something up. Why? I don't care. I, I, no, I did. Me, I did the same thing for the favorite scene because. Uh, People were like, oh, with Bran, or oh, with, you know, Leanna Mormon. I was like, well, since everybody's picking those, I'm like, let's let's give Euron his fucking props, because he finally got himself some some queen ass. And, uh... Yeah. I couldn't... T- <laughs> I could tell that Cersei wasn't, like, into it, but I think... I don't, I don't think she planned to enjoy it as much as she did. Yeah, she had that... I don't know, I don't want to even say the word smirk, but she had that look on her face of, yeah... She is, she has really done some interesting things. It's it's fun. Uh, when when if anybody does go back and rewatch the series, she's legitimately one of the most interesting people to follow. If you had to focus on just a couple of characters, she is one of the most fascinating characters to follow. Lena Headey is story. such a fucking awesome actress. Yeah. Yeah, I've liked her in almost every single thing I've ever seen her in. I mean, she's just... She can play weird. She can play funny. Like, Cersei is such, like, a fucking evil character, and yet, like you said, she's interesting, too. So we don't just automatically fucking write her out of everything, so... Also, I didn't mention this before, but when we were talking about the scene with Bronn, I also really laughed when the girls are just, like, talking about the guy who, like, got burned, and Bronn's like... 
you know, I actually took a shot at a dragon. I, 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 I'm the person who's coming closest to killing a dragon that you'll ever meet. Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, this guy had his his burns. And <laughs> it, that that was that was really fucking funny to me. So, yeah. Um, I don't know how much humor we're gonna get moving forward. So I was happy that they they gave us quite a few things to laugh at in this particular episode, and I appreciated that. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. Do you have any other questions or thoughts before we wrap this up? That was a good. It was a good episode. It like a lot of people look at Game of Thrones and they're always like, "Oh, where's the fucking? Where's the action? You know, where's the big shit going on?" But I think the, the episodes like this, where it's just character drama, really make it a good show compared to, you know, like how many shows can half-ass or even fully ass action and then you know just kind of give you okay characters okay dialogue you know this show gives you great characters and great dialogue so then when you get pretty cool action to go along with that in context you know you're like wow this is actually has everything what i liked and you know we got when you were talking about the timeline of the following five episodes i was sitting here thinking this that's something that separates this show from so many and like when American Horror Story is on it's one of my biggest fucking gripes is that the timelines rarely fucking play out to a point that's satisfactory as a viewer versus Game of Thrones tends to do the polar opposite and gives us a, a reasonable timeline and I I really appreciate that. As yeah, a fan. I mean, it's reasonable. Is, you know, it depends on how you're talking about it. Because I mean, look, it took like almost an entire season to go across half the country, you know, with some characters, and then you know, Gendry makes it from the fucking way up above the wall back down to fucking Danny and back in like what 15 minutes in one episode. So magic, my friend. Yes, magic. <laughs> but, uh, uh, it, it's nice to see that they had you know two people with a clear, concise view of what they wanted. And um, they weren't afraid to change around, move around with like the number of episodes required to tell a story, rather than like so many shows where they constrain themselves. Well, we did twenty-two episodes last season. We're gonna have to do twenty-two episodes this season. So, how much fucking filler do we need to tell the actual story that we're gonna tell? I have one, at least one final question. Is there any chance whatsoever in your mind that by the end of this, Daenerys? Just goes into business for herself. Uh, what do you mean? Like, what I mean is that no matter what people want, she still she'll ignore and just be like, "I'm taking the fucking Iron Throne. I don't care." All these people that I've met, either you're loyal to me or you're not loyal. Either way, I'm taking the crown, the throne because I got dragons. Like. Do you think she'll just go into business for herself no matter how bad it leaves the landscape? I think because if she bad. chooses to do that, she's not going to survive. And I think a lot of what would determine if she does that is going to be how John approaches her with the information that he has. Or how she yeah. gets that information. Uh, that's actually really something I'm really looking forward to, is her reaction because... As you know, I get sick and tired of Danny at times, but overall, I mean, they've done a hell of a job crafting her character, and you could see it go either... I, at least I can see it go either way here, and... 
Yeah, she's that excites me. They, she's done, and she she's honestly believes you know she's done some great things for the the people you know the common people. She's she's looked out for her interests. She's freed slaves. You know, she's the breaker of chains, all that shit. But at the same time, since her husband died, she's had no one to really tell her no. And, and when they have Jora or Barrison, like she's just bitched them out, or even Tyrion. You know, she's she's ignored yeah. them. Yeah. You know, so at the at the same time, though, I, I like with them investing in this relationship between her and John. You know, I I mean, we would have to see like like at the same time, would John be like, hey? I'm the rifle king. I'm 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 the fucking pope now, or would he be like, I have to tell you this because it, I don't really care about being the king. I don't as long as I can keep some of that sweet wincest. But um, uh, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it would be depending upon how she gets the information, you know, and what kind of setting she gets the information. But at the same time, like, as much as all these people follow her, like, if she fucking goes complete despot, like. I don't see a lot of people going along for the ride just being, you know, like, hey, you, we followed you when you were, like, Danny. Now you're turning into Cersei. You still want us to follow you kind of shit? And then the question has to be asked, does it even matter if she has two fucking dragons after, you know, if the fucking whites and everybody, you know, Winter gets defeated and she still has two dragons, does it really matter Maybe. I mean, like, Cersei does, if Cersei gets her fucking elephants, who knows? It, you know, the thing for me, I was sitting there thinking, like, I wish she'd gotten her elephants, because I was like, elephants would have been great to help feed the dragons. She's, you know, just yeah. looking out for the dragons, you know. That's all. Alright. Uh, I think we have done this... We, we've done a longer podcast than the episode, because we... Uh, are over analytical assholes uh, who like to hear ourselves talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We think we're important. We're gas bags. Uh, so, what I will say to everybody listening is go to nineduce.com and nineduce.com slash blogs, and you'll see you know what various other people. Another person named Chris. We are now dealing with multiple Chris's on the same blog. The world's not confusing explode. at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, I think it would be weirder if we had two Chris's and two Kent's. Yeah, that that would be fucking. I don't know any other Kent. Well, no, I think. Well, my father's name was Kent. He's dead, and I had a cousin named Kent. He's dead, so I think I'm the last remaining Kent that I know of. Okay, well, we we had one Eric. Maybe we can get two Eric's next time. Ah, uh, that's. I don't need another Eric in my life. <laughs> Although, technically, I have another Eric. I had the Eric that wrote the MCU. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, we had Eric yeah. ask. We could get Eric B to join in, and then. Oh God! Yeah. That would be that'd be interesting. With that being said, uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we will be back next week. Um, I plan on just posting these podcasts uh, early Sunday morning. Uh, that way, I mean, there's no football going on. There's really not much going on, so you know, give it a listen if you want. Uh, for Chris, this is Kent, and we are signing off. Thank you, and have a good day. Yep. Oh.
One question, Kent. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. What do you think the odds are that they make an ending that makes everybody happy? Zero. Okay, yeah, good. <laughs> We're on the same <laughs> there, there's, you, there's nothing that makes everybody happy anymore. Like, you could have, like, the most beautiful thing in the world uh, just, like, presented to everybody in the world, and somebody would still somehow find fault with it. I would say that there is there's a 60% chance that they have an ending that makes 80% of the fans happy. Oh, I'm just hoping between this and then Avengers next week, I have a couple things to make me happy. Yeah, you selfish bastard. I mean, it's all about you. It is. <laughs> no, I hope Avengers is really good too, though. I, I really do. Not that I'm going to get to see it until... Hits video, most likely, but I'm hoping for good things. All right, good night, Internet. Good night.